We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Tuesday, the 8th day of November, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and Pavel. Pavel, how are you? It's been a week. How was your uh, Halloween? Yeah, that was the last place you uh, said you were going to go. So uh, how was your Halloween and how's your week been? Hi, guys. Hello to all the listeners. Um, I'm doing well and it's good to be here again. My Halloween, it was a blast, but it I felt more like it was uh, kind of an assignment for me. I was trying to spread some awareness a little bit. Um, just talk to people and it, it ended up being a big chore, but man, now that I'm recovered, I look back at it. And as I do in most things in life, I look back and it, it was kind of difficult, but I had fun and I learned a lot. Glad you had a good time and glad you learned a lot. It's always, it's, you know, I learned, I learn new stuff every day. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive. A little that's bit good. annoyed. The, the alarm didn't go off this morning. So. I didn't think you were alive for, for yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, as I had the alarm set to the normal time, I figured it's on my uh, smartphone. Uh, it, you know, it'll automatically change over. Everything will be fine. Yeah, it was. It was a uh, about an hour and a half past when it should have gone off. It never went off. So yeah. But we made it. So here we are. Those damn alarms. Well, this will go out the regular time, so the listeners won't know any difference. <laughs> right. You uh, you came here a little late, but that's okay, because we've actually, it's interesting because I've been showing up an hour early because the clocks changed earlier here. And now that the clocks have flipped over there, now it's like, okay, now we're we're two hours behind where I was last week. That's a great tip for listeners, too. If if you set up your alarm prior to the daylight savings change in the morning, your smartphone, is not, it's not going to catch up. I've missed work like that before, exactly what Bruce just described, thinking it's going to automatically change and adjust alarm clock. It did not. Right. So where are we today? Uh, we're talking about the midterms in the U.S., aren't we? Because that's all everybody is talking about is these damn midterms. Why are we discussing these? I would love to know the reason as to why we're discussing them. Apart from the fact that if we're going to talk about them, let's talk about what was not fixed from the 2020 election debacle. I don't hear anybody talking about that. It's just, oh my God, get out the vote, get out the vote, get out the vote, get out the vote. Have so many people out there to vote that you overwhelm the system so they can't have any fraud. Why don't we just fix the fraud? That way we don't have to worry about how many people we have out to vote. Why don't we just do that? Your favorite candidate, Bruce, the star candidate for the state of Pennsylvania, could change the balance of power in the Senate, is John Fetterman. Why are you shaking your head? You're already shaking your head. You don't even know what I'm going to say yet. Well, because you said John Fetterman, and that, that would be another case of Joe Biden. Well, actually, to be fair to Joe Biden, actually, Fetterman is worse than Joe Biden. He is. Joe can at least there. complete some sentences, even, even though he makes no sense sometimes. Fetterman cannot uh, complete. Well, he completes sentences, but they're more in a Yoda fashion from Star Wars. Uh, standing it, 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 I am, standing yeah. I am, serve yeah. ready we are. For yeah. complete of the Congress, I am competing. Yeah, and that, that's, a, that's <laughs> something like that. Yeah. And, 
I, I hate it for the guy, you know, but uh, you're, you're putting yourself out there to run for a representative position. You should not be there. He gave a speech over the weekend. There was a little bit of a windstorm that was going on. Bruce, I don't know if you caught this, but it just shows that um, there's kind of um, there's a little bit of a tell in here in what he's about to say. See if you can pick up on it. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. Did you see anything that kind of stood out there? I mean, it's just kind of like one of those things. What, what do they call that? Uh, divine intervention. <laughs> it almost seems like that's what it was right there when he said that. He's running to represent the state of Pennsylvania as you saw what happened behind him. Well, you know what scared me is that like he didn't react to the flags flying off at all. Like there was no sound, no nothing. It's like you can't even hear what's going on. How do you just, man, you were right. That's scary. You know, I think the only way after the exit polling I've seen, I think the only way that he's going to he's he's going to win is uh, there is going to be cheating. And as you said, that wasn't solved. No, that was not solved. Uh, you've got the White House saying the likes of this just a few minutes ago. It took two weeks to, to call every state. In modern elections, more and more ballots are being cast in early voting and also by mail. And many states don't start counting those ballots until after the ballots, uh, after, pardon me, after the polls close on November 8th. So you heard the president say this the other night. He has been very clear on this as well. We may not know all the winners of elections for a few days. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. That's how, the, that's how this is supposed to work. And it's important for us. Right. You see, that's how this is supposed to work, because it's never worked like that before until we got something called COVID. And we all of a sudden, we've got to have early voting. We've got to have mail-in voting. We've got to have uh, social distance voting. We've got to have uh, no election minders voting. W when did all of this become a thing? W since when it's do like we not know on election day, as it, uh, even election night, who the winner's going to be? Now, all of a sudden, we have to wait. Oh, it's going to be three days. It's going to be a week. John Fetterman's campaign today uh, released a memo warning of a, quote, long week of a process that takes several days before the results are in. Setting it up for cheating again. Yes. And I will get to the um, uh, I will get to the campaign rally for John Fetterman here in just a minute. Pavel, go ahead. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to walk over. No, it's OK. It's, it's just it sounds like they went from saying, OK, well, you understand that we can't count the votes prior to figuring out who the winner is. They used to say that, you know, I mean, I'm being sarcastic, but it's like it's, you know, they used to know who's who won prior to even counting the votes. Now they're saying it's going to take so long to count them that pretty much, you, you know what I mean? They did, they already decided and now they're just dragging time. Either way, it's open for cheating. But, but the, the, the words, the vocabulary they're using, it's basically to me, it says like, look, you know, you know who's going to win. It's already decided. It's just this time it's, you know, there's so many things preventing immediate results that blah, 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 basically deal with it. It's it's just a joke on people. Yeah, they have to they have to see how many votes come in and how many votes they need to add to their uh, preferred candidate uh, to ensure that they win. So you, you just have to, you know, wait out the process, get the counting done. Once that counting's done, then you stay up in the three and four o'clock in the morning when you say you're done and you bring in the, the empty ballots and then fill those out and, you know, do the whole process so that you have a paper trail and a um, digital trail so you can uh, have 
quote unquote proof that those were real votes. Um, when in fact you go and look at some of those, which this was some of the things that were brought up, the serial numbers for the, uh, ballots were duplicates. There were 10, 12 different duplicates of the same ballot in the system. And that was some of the, the concerns that were being raised by lawyers and whatnot. And, uh, you know, those those cases that uh, they didn't have any standing to uh, investigate or, um, you know, there was nothing there that the judges said uh, when there was very much something there, but nobody wanted to take a look at it. And then when you try to bring it up to people, they would say, oh, those those, those cases were thrown out of court. There was nothing there. Yeah, it seems it, like this whole voting process has been taken away from the people. And it's just a theater. It is it is a controlled, almost controlled on both sides theater specifically for this BS. People won't they, vote like, for them. They won't vote no. for them. That's the reason they have to So they have to make up numbers. Exactly. Exactly. This was the Fetterman uh, Shapiro campaign rally in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia. Okay. This is at Temple College in Philadelphia. Bruce, you know how blue... Philadelphia is. Pavel, you know how blue that city is, I've right? Been around. Dem yeah, Democrat-controlled city. You would think a stadium of 10,000, they would pack that thing to the rafters, right? In a blue city on a college campus. Not only do you have Fetterman, you've got Josh Shapiro, you've got Joe Biden, and you've got Barack Obama. All at this event that's going on for these candidates, okay? This is all they were able to to get in that arena, Are an arena of 10,000, an arena of 10,000. Well, there's a few more than that, but you're probably not far off. An arena of 10,000. You guys look at this and tell me what you think. That's maybe all they were able to do. 100,000, 1,200. 800 to 1,200, maybe. Yeah. So for the listener's sake, they have half the stadium is uh, oh cut off. It's like, a, yeah, it's and, and the other half is like half full also. Yeah. Really. It's like a quarter full stadium. They probably paid, you know, like 15% of those people are probably there for some sort of reason. Well, the people behind, the ones that are seated back here, they're they're definitely, those are the hand-picked ones. Yeah. Those are yeah. for sure the hand-picked the one, ones. They're the, they're the ones with the good teeth. Well, those are the ones that are going to be on camera. Yeah. So yeah, right. those are... They're going to be holding the signs the up and cheering yeah. and clapping and, and all that stuff. They've already... Those people have already been vetted. As far as the people on the floor, I don't know. The ones up in the rafters, they couldn't even fill out the upper decks. They've got maybe one, two, three, four, five, maybe six upper sections, and they're not even full, as you yeah. can they're see. Gonna have, they're going to have those inflatable, wacky, arm-waving, inflatable, arm-waving men, you know, just to fill up some seats. It's ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. This, Like, this is their home turf, and they can't even fill this up. And the speeches they make, I mean, I've seen dissection of some of Obama's, like, not too long ago speeches, the, the things he says, oh my God, they're direct, like, half the stuff he says is a direct quote from somebody else's speech from, like, years ago. And I mean, all kinds of different people. It's like whoever makes speeches, you know, for the Democrats, they just basically recycle old material and put it back together. Whatever brought the most clicks or or attention, whatever, like quotes, like two sentence liners that they all repeat as, you, you know, same thing with TV. The same line, you can be tracked, you know, 10, 20 people deep over and over and over again. Joe Biden got in trouble for that back in the 80s for plagiarizing. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. yeah so it, it's no surprise that they continue to do that. 
you guys clearly know what the problem is. You know why they can't get all of these people in these in these stadiums. It's because of COVID. Uh, a Biden advisor has said COVID-19 is the reason that Democrats are having difficulty uh, drawing enthusiasm for their their campaign rallies. So it's a little bit of a communication problem. Former mayor of Atlanta, uh, Keisha something bottoms, I don't know, said in an interview on CBS's Face the Nation, she said that uh, Biden's recent comments when it comes to his administration's accomplishment, it says people haven't realized just how good they are yet. As you see, they just haven't realized what a stellar job the administration is doing. They just don't understand that yet. You see that? They, they just don't understand. And you know what? K- k- please, please, no. And, and the funny thing is they're absolutely right. None of us have any idea how good we have it right now because I feel like it's going to be so bad soon that they're going to prove it right. Like, oh, at least you have a little bit of gasoline. Soon we're going to have nothing. Well, yeah, our just strategic saying. oil reserve. Yeah, our strategic oil reserves today hit the lowest levels uh, again in history. I think we are lower than our 1984 level, which was at its lowest point. So we've dropped below that now. So, you know, in prep, we were talking about that. Pavel, you had questions about that. And you said, do we really have around 500 years worth of energy independence just in the United States alone? And I said, yeah, that's that's I mean, at least the studies that I've looked at and the um, uh, the figures and, the, and things that I've looked at show that to be the case. But that would that would also depend on us having access to those particular petrochemicals and being able to refine them and get them out into to marketplace. As in, I'm not talking about exporting overseas. I'm talking about 500 years worth of energy independence just for the United States, not exporting anywhere else. So if you want to start exporting anywhere else, that changes those figures a little bit. So if we are energy independent, what's stopping us from being so now? What, what's stopping us from being energy independent now? What's stopping the Europeans from doing that? It's Vladimir a matter Putin. of- Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Perfect scapegoat, isn't it? Because he's responsible for absolutely everything. I said to you, I said the easiest way to solve this problem, I'm talking about the economic problem, the supply chain problem, the energy problem, the you name it, whatever problem we've got on an international scale right now, it can be fixed by becoming energy independent. Why do I say just energy independent? Well, think about everything else that entails energy, right? We can go down the road of food and you say, well, what's energy have to do with food? Um, Well, let's see. You need fertilizer to grow food, don't you? Let me just break it down for all the fools out there. You need fertilizer to grow food. Where does fertilizer come from? That would be natural gas. You need the hydrocarbons in the natural gas products to be able to make fertilizer. The the ammonium fertilizer, you kind of need that. So if we don't have that, then we don't have fertilizer for the fields to grow the food to be processed to make it to your table. So you kind of need that. Uh, Let me see. You need petrochemicals, as in like diesel fuel, because that's what rail cars, that's what ocean going ships, that's what uh, all of the maritime industry, not just ocean going vessels, barges, uh, vehicles, trucks, everything else that take the food and the energy to you. That's kind of what we need. So we can actually fix all this. And you say, wait a minute. Well, that sounds like an easy fix. Well, then why aren't we doing that? Well, because we have a bunch of suicidal maniacs that are hell-bent on this climate change garbage that refuse to see reality. They are just insane. I don't even know if insane is the right word. Just thick-headed stupid? I, I don't know. I, I don't have another uh, another word for it. But if we don't have these chemicals, and I mean that, it, I mean that in the literal sense, and I'm talking about all kinds of stuff, not just petrochemicals, but other things that we manufacture because of petrochemicals. If we don't have these chemicals in 
our civilization, then we don't have a civilization. It's that simple. You say, well, they keep attacking fossil fuels. Do you know why? Because they're trying to take us back to the damn Stone Age. And I'm not even talking about pre-horse and buggy because because of all these inter, uh, these uh, animal rights activists, you know, uh, animal rebellion and all the rest of it, you won't be able to ride a horse because that'll somehow be animal cruelty. And if you think I'm joking, try me. It's it's literally their argument is it's enslaving a, another sentient being or right. more or less. Right. But why are they specifically attacking petrochemicals? That's because that is the underpinning of Western civilization. That is what holds all of this together economically. Now that you can go down the road and talk, we can talk about cultural and socioeconomics and all that stuff. We can talk about morals and values and all that stuff. That is something different. I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about the fundamental foundation of our economical structures that is being removed. That's what their target is. And you say, well, wait a minute, what are they going to replace it with? The answer is simple, nothing. They're literally shutting civilization off. How much sense does that make? Oh, well, here we go. Here we go. Just just a perfect, perfect, perfect. So it makes no sense unless what they're doing is they're trying to specifically enslave the populations, you know, starve us down, do whatever, blah, blah, blah. It sounds like a apocalypse scenario movie sci-fi. And I would predict that if, if I was, you know, top tier right now, I would be somehow saving up, you know, a lot of food, a lot of resources for me and my people. Well, lo and behold, I believe it's a fact that something close to like, I don't know, 70 or 80 fully full cargo ships have just disappeared around Africa in the past not too long. So, I mean, full of grain, food material and all that. Whoa, 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 whoa. No one knows. Just boom, blank. Um, Hello. I mean, that's enough grain and food to sustain a small population for like 10 years. I mean, who knows what else disappeared? It's just, are we really living in a sci-fi movie? Because it's specifically all these actions, there is no other explanation for them than what John said. They, they either completely make no sense because these people are insane, or there is a plan. And the only obvious thing that I can see is, yeah, they're, they're starving us. They're destroying the economy. Petrochemicals, everything that's plastic is based on petrochemicals. Everything I see around me, my table, all my electronics, I mean, that's petrochemicals, plastics, everything around me. I mean, here's a lighter. It's 90% plastic and the rest of it is fuel. You know, everything around me, everything around us is is based on basically one fundamental source of chemicals, more or less, you know, petrochemicals. If you shut that down, you bring us to a really good civilization-wide reset. You know, the wall city actually began... The build process in, in Saudi Arabia, they started building the, the whatever 20 mile long wall city, the, the giant tankers. I mean, how a tanker is as big as a city block full of grain. I mean, that's hundreds of thousands of tons, you know, 10, 20 of them are, are going missing. It, it's clear what's going on, what they're doing. Just put it all together. There's no other explanation. That's all I want to say. We could actually have energy independence up and running in a short amount of time. It's a matter of political will. That's all there is to it. Bruce lives in a yeah. rental town. You could have that refinery set up and running with inside of a week, minus, you know, getting rid of all the checks and everything like, you know, security checks and everything. But, you know, that goes without saying. But if you get these individuals that are in the way within the governments themselves, that is your problem. And if you get rid of the media that's trumpeting this this insanity and you get rid of these international organizations, you tell these people to go fly a kite and you can get on with it as a nation. We don't have to worry about this. 
this is not a problem. The only problem is that these people are standing in the way. Energy independence can happen in a country, but if you've got governmental regulations that are standing in your way, it's just like if you're a business owner. It's the same thing. The, the, the drilling companies, they're dealing with the same problem. Here's what's going to happen because I'm sitting here talking about this. I'm going to get accused and we're going to get accused of taking money from big oil. <laughs> what do you want to bet? What do you want? Oh, you're you're getting paid by the oil. Co Give me a break. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. I'd, I'd, I'd take the money if they were doing it and would yeah, say the sure. same thing that we're saying now. Yeah, I mean, I'd say the exact same the, thing. But the, the, the thing is, is we, we have to use oil now because it's the only choice we have in terms of Just, everything in our uh, civilization is built around the uh, using oil. And it, until we can advance past that to, to start using other like fusion or, or uh, just go to fission or, you know, until we advance to that and it's it's efficient and we can uh, readily like, for example, uh, everybody's saying, oh, electric cars are, are the, the or electric vehicles of the future. No, they're not. We need the lithium and cobalt to, to, to run those things. So until you figure out something that's more efficient as far as batteries that we can uh, easily synthesize, replicate, um, EVs are never going to be the, the solution. Uh, until that happens, you're not going to get off of the, the petrochemicals. Even still, when you get to electric vehicles, you're not going to be off of petrochemicals because you still have rubber tires, as an example. You still have plastic, um, in, you know, um, components inside components. Thank and you. And the mining, uh, the mining to get the materials yeah. out, which we don't yeah. have, All by the way, I, I'd like to say we, we don't have the amount of lithium that we need in order to satisfy these government contracts. We need up to 14 times more than what we know is in existence. That's the first problem. You want to hazard a guess as to what the second problem of EV vehicles are? Let's look at the current volume of electric cars we have now, okay? Forget the ones that they have contracts earmarked to produce, right? Don't even get me started on this uh, this all-electric military vehicle fleet, this, this crackpot pipe dream that these idiots are smoking. Don't even get me started on that. Don't get me started on, uh, well, we're going to have electric farm vehicles. Give me a break with that one, okay? Here's the issue that we have with electric vehicles now. And I'm not talking about what's coming down the road. I'm talking about right now. Let's say you go out and you buy an electric vehicle, okay? You, you go out and you, you buy, I don't know, one of these things for like 40, 50, 60, 80,000, whatever the hell these things cost, right? Go out and get one. After 10 years, actually, I don't even think it's a full 10 years. What happens? Sorry, um, you're going to have to replace that battery pack. And that's going to cost you, oh, I don't know, uh, 10000 If you have a Tesla, it'll cost you 28000 That's even worse. Now, here's the point I'm trying to make with it. We don't have enough in lithium now, as in right now, let alone what we're going to mine for these electric cars in the future. We don't have enough that we know is in existence now to replace what we've already manufactured. So uh, is that a car of the future? <laughs> I don't think so. I think, let's John, can I just say this? I think it's an extreme luxury item marketed as something that should be switched to and publicly available, but it, it is an item of luxury. It could be used, you know, for military, scientific research, whatever, but it is an item of luxury that population not only can maintain themselves, I've heard stories of people being locked out of their Teslas, you know, for a reason, and they can't, they can't get it. I mean, they're just stuck with it. Um, I think that perhaps 
someone foresaw a bubble, a, a destruction bubble. So, you know, the, there used to be marketing needs for things that will, will be in high demand, items that are about to come out, this and that, until perhaps someone realized that government's going to need some merchandise, some things for their destruction operate. Yeah, um, what, what I'm trying to say, not destruction, but um, distraction operation, like to distract somebody. So if someone foresaw that the government's about to kill off population, blah, 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 they're, they're going off petroleum, there'll be a bubble. Something's going to fill that need. Like, what are we going to use instead of oil-based cars, right? Boom. Well, we have all these electric ones. Great. The government will support. All of a sudden, there's this craze about electric vehicles, which are really a horrible solution. And and the real, only real um, profitable, I would say, use is just the military, you know, military, maybe scientific research. They can't create electric vehicles that are strong enough to do farming. Sure. One, two, couple of examples, but you can't sustain them. These are just prototypes. This is interesting. You know, we're talking about electric cars and stuff here in the West, right? That's what we're being uh, forced into. I mean, this this nonsense. I, I used to go to the Frankfurt Auto Show. It's like the Detroit Auto Show and like the Geneva Auto Show, the international thing. I used to go to that, the IAA. It's in Frankfurt every year. And I used to go to it before COVID and all this stuff. And I remember it was, a. I want to say it was 2000 and 2018, was the last one that I went to, or maybe it was 2017. It was one of those, right? It was, it was year or two before COVID. I went to it, and when I was there, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I love seeing cars. I love, I, I just love what we can come up with as human ingenuity. You know, I like the idea of what we can create. And so it was really a, uh, it was quite a treat to go to these things. I'd spend all day there, and, and I'd go to all the different manufacturers and things. And then I noticed the last one that I went to, a lot of the things had changed. Most of the manufacturers didn't even bother to show up. All the American manufacturers didn't show up that year. Most of the Japanese manufacturers, you know, Nissan, Mitsubishi, Honda, Toyota, a lot of them didn't even bother to show up. It was obviously it was the German manufacturers, Audi, Volkswagen. Oh, what's that? Well, that's the same company. Mercedes, BMW. They were there, of course, showing off all their stuff. Porsche was there. And then you you had some other European manufacturers, such as Renault, Peugeot out of France. You had some UK manufacturers and a few others, right? Then you had some Chinese cars that were there. I think all the uh, all the ones that they make, I think they make four. But what really shocked me about the last one that I went to was the fact that everything was being pushed by all the manufacturers about electric. Everything was electric. This is as I said, this is like 2017, 2018. This is long before you started seeing like the adverts and everything everywhere. Everything I was seeing was electric is the future. The future is now. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm looking at all this stuff and I'm like, what in the world is all this? The future is not you driving a car. The future is you being driven. Um, No, no, I don't think so. I want to sit in a car and I want to drive it. I want to have that experience driving that car. Everything from an Audi S5 or whatever your favorite model is, right? That's a that's a very that's a very nice car or a 69 Pontiac GTO. I want to have that experience of driving that car. I don't want the damn thing to drive me. Google about 10 years ago came up with some ridiculous advertising campaign talking about how they were going to in the future they were going to design these these pods that were going to drive you everywhere, these electric pods. And I think Amazon's actually proposed some of these things for that tri-state city garbage that they want to do in the Netherlands, Germany, and Belgium. And it's a four-person pod that you sit in, and it takes you wherever you want to go, wherever you tell your smartphone that's linked to that and tells you where you want to go. And 
Google actually made this statement on the matter. They said, you needn't worry about driving a car in the future. That's too stressful for you. You should be enjoying a nice glass of red wine and a baguette. Um, no. I don't want to be enjoying a glass of red wine. I don't drink, and I certainly don't want a baguette while I'm in a car. I want to be able to drive where I want to drive. All of this, as you said, is about control. They don't want you to be able to drive anywhere. If you have petrochemicals or petrochemical powered car or even a hydrogen powered car, that implies that you're going to have independence and you can go somewhere wherever you want to go, whenever you can go. With an electric car, you can't do that. Let's look at the range. 300 miles on an electric car with no problem, supposedly. That is until they change it arbitrarily and then it doesn't go as far. Let's look at the new Hummer that's out by GM. Let's look at that. Here's a vehicle that will cost you, I think, $80,000 just to get you in the door. That's without any options. All electric Hummer, okay? This is the one that Biden's out there boasting about. If that thing is completely dead, as in no charge whatsoever, and you plug it in, it will take you 160 hours to charge that thing to full. 160 hours. That's a week, by the way, to charge that thing fully. And once you do that, if you're not hauling anything, it has a tow capacity of up to 3,200 pounds. But if you're not hauling anything, you will get, I think, 175 miles out of it. If you do tow to capacity, you'll get 50 or less. How's that for travel independence? When I get into a car, I don't care what car it is, but when I get into a car, I'm expecting that that car is going to take me from A to B. That's the idea. If that car doesn't take me from A to B, then I don't want that car. John, I think this is very important. Probably what we just hit on, uh, what you started, is the base of all misunderstanding of general population. People need to know what the Internet of Things is. Um, let's say 10 years ago, when Linux started taking over you know, the world, all your drones, uh, drone uh, devices, Droid, I mean, excuse me, devices are based on Linux. Cars like all things in life went from basically analog, mechanical to digital. You know, your wheel used to connect directly, um, just the steering wheel directly connected to the wheels, you know, it, it's in some sort of way. Now the wheel is not connected to anything. It all gets translated to the numbers. What Internet of Things is, is when your microwave became smart and it started having Wi-Fi in it. When all your day-to-day -day objects started to connect to Internet, it's, it's called embedded. So there was a community online, the open embedded community, that started creating software, uh, which was free and worked well. So as all objects, when, such as cars also, went from basically mechanical to now digital, where nothing is connected to what it, you know, what it controls, it all goes through numbers. So now your car is a part of the Internet of Things. Okay. Tesla is a company that really mines information, is, is from what I understand. All the cars, all the products, you know, cars that they make add a little bit more information as you drive around to their general database of all roads. If Tesla got, gathers information, if there was a bubble which was filled by all the you know electric cars and this and this, just a pretend bubble of destruction, um, wouldn't it make sense that all this is just the preparation for you, like John said, to never drive, to just sit in a pod and, and be driven around? It's, it's like, oh, look, well, we couldn't afford for everybody to have a vehicle, but now the government is going to have this, you know, public transportation service, perhaps through contract the corporations to drive everybody around. Internet of Things, they took over. Once 
something becomes digital in your hands, it's not analog, it's not mechanical, and it's connected to the internet, somebody else can control it. So it just goes as deep as they literally are digitizing everything around yourself, around us, getting it hooked to internet until your brain's going to be hooked to it as well. And that's how it's happening. Let Let me ask you this. We were taking a look at uh, the country of Nigeria over the weekend, okay? Now, you say, well, wait a minute, Nigeria, what's that got to do with anything? It goes to reason. Nigeria, regardless of the Nigerian prince email scam that's going around, Nigeria has the largest number of people per capita in the world that use cryptocurrencies as a form of payment, okay? Now, this this goes to reason. You're talking about Internet of Things. Yes, we're talking about how things are interconnected. All of this is going to hinge on whether or not we as a species, as a human species, regardless of what country you come from. I'm not talking to somebody as a nationality. I'm talking to somebody as a human being. All of this requires our participation for this to work. So if we look at the country of Nigeria and use this as a bellwether for what is to come, then I think it could be a pretty good roadmap. The country of Nigeria decided that they were going to implement a central bank digital currency because of the population's already large acceptance of cryptocurrencies. They thought, okay, well, let's just introduce a central bank digital currency and let's see how many people take to it. It failed miserably when they implemented it, and they're actually shutting it down. The participation that they were able to get in the society was less than one in 200 of people. So if this is any kind of an indication, now, again, Nigeria, it's it's an up and coming, right? It's a a developing nation. It's an up and coming nation. But if this is any indication of where this is going to go, and if you've already got a population that is largely adopted digital forms of money anyway, it would stand to reason, logically at least, that they would be accepting of this other form of digital money. They were not, and they've shut it down. Maybe it's not the money... Yeah, maybe it's not the money. Maybe it's the it's the way that the people, you know, or it's it's the people that are behind it. OK, right. I, I can go with that. But it's the same concept with the uh, the self-driving cars and, and the electric cars. All of this requires our participation. All of this requires for us to sign off on. It. The problem is, is that they're in the process of making the, quote, transition to the new economy. Even had Bill Gates on CNBC, what was it, Bruce, a couple of weeks ago? And he says, well, that transition into the uh, the green energy stuff, that didn't quite go as planned. Uh, yeah, because people don't want it because it doesn't work. The Germans are actually tearing down these ridiculous windmill farms because they have to mine the coal that's underneath of them to power themselves. That's how ridiculous and how much of a failure this is. OK, so. I don't think, at least uh, how I'm looking at things, I'm not talking about the messages that we get fed. If we pay attention to those, then everybody's going to accept everything and and it's it's inevitable and that's how it's going to be. No, I don't think so. We still have somewhat of a free market of ideas floating around where people can still make a choice. Even though they've taken over and they've wrecked most of it, people can still refuse to participate and it will force the change. Or do you think I'm incorrect? I I still think that, yeah, if people can reject this and it won't go anywhere, um, true. Uh, It's just a matter of getting people to reject it uh, in time. The the, the thing is, is, okay, let's say uh, they get the social credit system in place or or a digital currency or something like that without too much resistance. Uh, Obviously, you're going to have some people speaking up, but you're not going to have too much resistance on it. it. it, that's not good enough. It, it's still going to function. It's still going to be, it's going to be shoved down our throats at that point. It has to almost be in unison, if you will, 
you, you have to have a large uh, percentage of the population. This really has to hurt their uh, profits. It really has to hit them in the pocketbook before they'll pay attention now because they're so they're so in line with the ideology. They're so given over to this uh, great reset idea that uh, I mean, look at Disney. They they went back. What was it? Eight, almost 10 years in profits. And yet they're still pushing their agendas. Facebook meta. Right. They're announcing today that they're looking at laying off tens of thousands of people because they're stuck. Like they've lost they've lost almost a trillion, almost a trillion in 12 months. D doesn't that raise alarm bells to anybody? Do you, do you remember you even had Kramer, Jim Kramer from CNBC? He was apologizing last week, saying, "Look, I trusted this management team, and 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 I apologize because he was telling everybody a year ago, oh, Facebook is rock solid, Meta's rock solid, buy as much as you can, and yeah, it's not worked out all that well. So I, again, free market of ideas, people are rejecting it. It's a grinding wheel. When you talk about participation, there are different layers of society that need to be kind of tailored to in order to get them to participate in something. Metaverse is something that has, you know, everything for kids as well as an adult. You can go, you know, you can use it for work. You can use it for games as a kid. Why are people not jumping into? Why is stock going down? Um, first of all, I think people like us that are, you know, ridiculing social networks. Second of all, a lot of parents are actually waking up. And third, I think that naturally human beings have a tolerance for BS. As soon as any person in power gives population an opportunity to kick ass and uh, to kiss ass, excuse me, and somehow, you know, get benefits from it, there's going to be enough people that'll do it. It seems like there's a trend right away. However, I think we are all generally as people are getting to that line of our BS. You know, we, we can't just eat any more crap from anyone, man. It's there's so much tech out there that if freedom of opportunity and idea was given to population, we could have come up with a million ways to, you know, power a car. In a few years, it's all the theater. It's it's complete matrix. If you just listen to 10 episodes of Dynamic Independence, 10 random ones from the past three months, it's like your entire world gets turned upside down. None of it is real. It's all a game. It's all a game played by bankers, the Rockefeller, you know, Clintons, um, Whatever you want to call people outside of money, people that are able to disappear tankers worth of, you know, cities worth of food, people that are able to build a, a hundred million dollar, you know, houses. It, it's it's insane. You, you know, the, the whole thing is coming down, the whole elaborate matrix. And, and they're trying to weather the storm and come out on top on the other side and rebuild even, you know, better version. Keep trying, man. we got a lot of matches. We got a lot of matches. <laughs> I, I'm, and once again, I'm not I'm not trying to ask anybody to burn anything down. Well, no, I think they're going to burn it down for everybody else. To be fair, yeah, yeah, like they're going to yank the rug out from everybody. Like that's that's what it's going to be. I, I you know I, I listen to people that that know the markets and that have been doing it for a long time. And you asked the question in prep. You said, do you think it's going to be as bad as what they're saying, as in like what they're saying in mainstream? Bruce, you brought it up. Uh, what was it uh, yesterday? And or uh, when we when we did that on Friday, the head of a hedge fund, Elliott Management, said we're looking at global societal collapse. And do you know how much of a disgrace that network is? They didn't even ask a follow-up question to that. Jamie Dimon, the CEO of JP Morgan, said nearly the same thing about a month ago. Almost, uh, it's, been, it's been about three, four weeks ago. And he says, um, listen, it's serious. 
and they don't even ask a follow-up question. So is it going to be as bad as what they're saying? No, I think it's going to be worse because that's how much these people downplay things or just act like it doesn't exist or, or it's not happening. It's like they are the ones on the on the networks and in government. They're the ones that have the banana plugs in their ears that uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Bez, Yuri Besmanov was talking about. You've got these banana plugs in your ears. You're oblivious to reality. You have no idea what's even going on, but you will know what's going on when that facade gets ripped off. When you see what you have been an accomplice to and when you see your future evaporated right in front of you. I'm talking about your 401ks. I'm talking about your savings accounts evaporate right in front of you, as in you wake up tomorrow and it's gone. And I'm not even talking about just the money you have in the bank. And you say, oh, okay, I'm going to take it out of the bank. I'm going to stick it in a mattress. I'm going to bury it in the backyard. They will steal it from you through inflation. That's what they're doing now. John, so Soviet Union was incredibly powerful. I mean, it was at some point probably the most powerful country in the world. I watched all the money in a bank and all the money in the pocket become nothing. Why couldn't it happen in America? Why couldn't it happen to the world? They're using the same schemes. It happened. Like I, I lived through it. And that's why it's 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 like so impossible to imagine for, for people outside of who've never seen a collapse like that. But all your money be, can just become nothing. It really can. And think about this one. And, and I'm pretty sure that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm betting that because of that particular incident you went through involving the money and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure that they probably closed the banks in the Soviet Union too, so people couldn't get their money out, correct? It, well, regardless, the currency just became nulled. Right. Bank, all banks but even became so. absolutely defunct. They were closed. Yeah, they're all closed down. There was nothing. You couldn't get cash. And even if you had cash, you, it was worthless. There was no products in the store. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's what we're talking about now. They have broken the supply chains. They've broken the supply lines. Do you understand what that means? You're looking at an economic collapse. You're looking at a currency collapse. You're looking at a supply chain collapse. And you're looking at an energy collapse. Oh, boy. Um, I In all my years of studying history and, and market moves and, and things like that, in all my years, in all my research that I've done, I have never seen a culmination of this type of a disaster, this type of an impending disaster. I've never seen anything like this. John, so, our entire lives are based on money and petrochemicals. There's not. That's it. And that's exactly what they're attacking. Like, as I said, that's the fundamental underpinning of our civilization until, as Bruce said, until we have something better. You know, when you turn something off, that means you have something as good or better to replace it with. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for alternative energies, all, all alternative forms of energy. I have no problem with that. If we're going to do something, and this is where I'll I'll probably, maybe I'll get that, that um, stain taken away from me from being accused of being paid by oil companies or something. I'm actually a fan of wanting to move away from petrochemicals. I am. That would imply, though, that we would have to have something, as I said, as good or better to replace it with. If we have something that's cleaner than petrochemicals and it's better than petrochemicals, sign me up. I will be the first guy in line if we have something that will replace it that will do a better job and is more efficient and, uh, and cleaner and everything else. Absolutely. And cheaper and, and whatever. If we have the ability as a human civilization, which I believe we do, if we have that ability to be able to innovate something better, then let's do it. The problem is, is that these people are standing in the way. 
I believe that our future is graphene. We said that here before. I believe that's where our future lies. I believe our future is in hydrogen. Again, I believe that, that that's where it's going to go. We were looking at a uh, an advert from Rolls Royce last weekend, uh, over the weekend, uh, Bruce. You saw that. What what are your thoughts on that? The uh, the small modular reactors and the the hydrogen that they're, that they're talking about doing for for energy purposes. It's literally what we've been talking about. It's almost like they were listening to the show because. Uh that's one of the things we've been advocating for is we need to have reactors going, you know, nuclear reactors going. And during the downtime, when you don't need the full extent of the power that it's creating, uh, then you can use that time to create hydrogen. And then you could power other cars or you could even use um, uh, that hydrogen as a fuel source for, you know, uh, heating elements or something like in homes for uh, hot water tanks as an example or something like that. You know, you, you could use it elsewhere. But instead, you know, what, what, what the company is proposing, though, this is this is where I'm I'm curious what their intent is. They're they're proposing uh, small modular reactors. Now, these are. Uh, you know, it can be so small as to only produce, you know, a, a few megawatts of power uh, or hundreds of megawatts of power. You know, it, it has a pretty big range in what they can produce. If they would do that, you could at least get it inside of at least larger buildings, larger facilities like your, uh, you know, like manufacturing or something like that. You could at least make them completely self-sufficient in, in this for energy energy production and that would that would reduce some of the costs um as an example uh here in the states it's it's a bit expensive to bring manufacturing back because uh cost of living so much higher and uh people expect to be paid so much more this could be one of the ways to cut costs for those businesses by having a nuclear reactor that powers all of their energy needs uh, and potentially create some uh, byproduct that they can use uh, for their uh, manufacturing process. And, uh, you know, so I, I, am, I, I support the idea. The, the thing that I'm concerned about is, is what form of reactor are they talking about? Because, uh, you know, are, are they talking about a, a, the a salt reactor? That one, I'm, I'm uh, you know. Yeah, the Bill Gates mm, reactor. Not interested yeah. in that. There's safety. I mean, concerns. Safety is the concern. Um, everything becomes more and more modular. There's always the way of the future. Things become more plug and play and they become smaller and smaller. My question is, what happens to the black boxes that were ecologically, chemically supporting the entire Google headquarters? It was like, you know, those those things that, that, that Google used to use and, and market like green, green energy. They were kind of like small re reactors, but, but, but that disappeared and they worked. They Google, they powered the entire Google headquarters. I mean, what happened to green energy? I just think even when it comes to objects, like everything is made out of plastic. I think there there's ecological material. Our material science is getting to a point where we can produce analogs to plastics out of basically, you know, living material. That's just the side point. I'm, I'm completely for modular reactors as long as they're composed in a safe way, operated in a safe way. But but also what happened to to all the other tech that worked and and it, and it's I don't see it anymore. Yeah, that's um they call those disruptive technologies. So when something comes out and it actually works and they find out about it, that's suppressed. So the the general public doesn't get their hands on it and innovators can get a hold of it and run wild with it, they lose control of it. For example, smartphones 
this technology, the touchscreen technology in the palm of your hand, wireless fidelity, as in Wi-Fi is what we call it. That's what wireless, that's what Wi-Fi means, wireless fidelity, that type of thing. Digital, you're shaking your head, no? Wi-Fi doesn't stand for anything. It's a marketing trick to sound cool. It, that's an, <laughs> okay. it could stand for All that, right. but it really doesn't. That's how it okay. was made up, just to sound Fair cool. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, I'll, I'll go with you on that. But either, either way, the concept of being able to link devices digitally like that wirelessly, these things were patented as in the smartphone technology and the, the Wi-Fi technology that was patented in the early 80s. We didn't see that until almost 30 years later. Why? Because it was a disruptive technology. CD-ROMs, the CDs, right? We don't use them anymore hardly at all, but the CDs, that was patented back in the 50s as a data storage device. But we didn't see them until the 90s, did we? Why is that? These are disruptive technologies. Like I said, there's a society there that is not based on money, and there's the rest of us. If freely used human mind and innovation with everything that we know now, education, training, like I said, if you just raise one or two generation of kids with actual full knowledge, actual ridiculous vetted education, you know, high marks on everything that's real, you, you create a layer that's that's not even the base of the society. It's a totally different living entity on this planet. And, and that's why we're getting choked out. It's like this matrix is it's it's getting too too much. So it all leads to one thing that they're, they're crashing us. There's people there that that personally have trillions of dollars is, is you know, supposedly families in 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 the oil countries, you know, they don't disclose how much a royal family really how much money they have. The theater is getting so ridiculous because the actors they're trying to find to run for it. You know, I'm talking about Zelensky, Pelosi. It's getting harder and harder to find more and more ridiculous person to agree to this BS. I mean, it, 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 you have to be insane to participate. in. It, you humiliate yourself publicly daily. I mean, and I'm sure they know it too. The, the delusion is, is there, but it's not as, as big as they don't realize what they're doing. It's what it is. They're picking. It's harder and harder to find an actor. The Zelensky thing, like they're supposedly having blackouts and things all over Ukraine, and he's literally doing a Netflix show. Like they're they're doing a Netflix production in the middle of the city. That's because he has disruptive technology, right? Yeah, it must power be. His yeah, must be. He's cameras. doing an interview with David Letterman. Um, but d you saw the Pelosi. You mentioned the Pelosi. That you saw the Pelosi thing. You, the break in. Yeah, I mean, I, I which part? <laughs> it's so much. I, I honestly, you haven't, uh, you haven't been on since that happened. I don't know what to make of that. What's your thoughts on that? We, we've been kind of tossing around theories. I mean, here's a guy that shows up at like two in the morning and the police show up like 30 minutes later after he called because nothing happened then. They just happened to show up right when he got in an argument with this guy. They're both in their underwear and they've got hammers. I mean, I, I'm not going to jump to speculation. There's no body footage or body cam footage from the... Uh, uh, from the police, there's no security camera footage for some reason, even though they had like 28 cameras. I don't what know. What, what are your happens, thoughts? What happens when idiots run the show? They can't even stage. <laughs> they can't even build the stage properly, man. I, that That's my thought is, is it, it just it was a it was a stage like they were trying to make something out of it and it just didn't go right. And they didn't know what to do. How drunk do you think they, they I, I mean, I know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of substance abuse that's going on while all this is planned and executed. Have you seen Three Stooges? It's, oh, it's yeah, getting sure. to that level on, sure. na on national TV. It, it, I've seen 
so little articulation, so little cognitive ability from people that lead us, the, the, the people that we look up to, people that we chose to manage all our extra resources, to take care of us, to make sure we're policed and taken care properly. The, the top of the public servant, the, the top military men in the country um, is, a, is a highly cognitively declined old man that has a very hard time reading. reading. I mean, I'll leave it at that, just reading. He's supporting, so, so so an old gentleman that likes to perhaps help shower his young granddaughter and other things, that gentleman runs the most powerful country in the world. He also has a hard time walking and reading and understanding where he is. Well, he's given all our money and then a lot more to a gentleman that basically built his career by playing a piano with his genitalia on TV. And then next thing you know, this guy's the image, the leader of resistance against the evil of, you know, Russia and so on. So we have an insane old man who is questionably involved in molesting his granddaughter, whose son is probably a drug addict, you know, filmed with prostitutes. So you have an old insane, basically incestuous child molester whose son is a criminal drug addict, giving over a trillion of dollars to a guy who's a professional comedian, built his career by playing the piano with his genitalia, more or less. And the mayor of the city that this leader of free world is Zelensky, he, he was a boxer, a heavyweight. He's, he, you know what I mean? It's literally like a freaking TV show. I mean, how can this be real? I mean, everybody knows their life is not real. So why, do they, why should even try it's ridiculous. Just look at it objectively. An old incestuous pedophile with a criminal family. I mean, this is just what I get from the TV. I, I, I just watch YouTube, I guess. I'm crazy. Is making deals with a guy that doesn't know what the hell is going on. I, I just, I'm maybe, maybe I'm just too paranoid. I don't know. I would uh, do a small correction and say, uh, we're not for sure whether it was the grand that uh, he was having an incestuous relationship with the granddaughter. We do know, though, from her diary, it was the daughter. So it's worse. Sure. I don't there. know. Yeah. Like I said here, not all the details are right, but I, I'm just saying what it seems to me from all the media information that I am getting. So, and I mean, where's the pedophile list of, of what just, you know, the guy that just suicide himself. Where's all that too? It's, it's all a giant cover up clown show. Epstein. Where, uh, which way, that? which way can you point the finger and be like, ha, okay, that makes sense. I don't know. I mean, I, I do know, but for a family-friendly show, yeah, I don't know what's going to bring down that um, negative entity that seems well, to be just kind of ever-present, man. I don't know. Yeah, well, not only that, but here, here's the thing. I have heard that the FBI, now take this for what you will, okay? I've heard that the FBI and the Department of Justice, at least the good people that are in there, not the higher-ups, not the brass, okay? I'm talking about the ones that are still left in there that actually want to do some good. They have actually seen what goes on in these Hollywood inner circles, if you will. I know, I know. They have actually seen what goes on, as in they have irrefutable proof and like a lot of the a lot of the the field agents and stuff that have reviewed all of this stuff, as in and not to mention not to mention the Hunter Biden laptop as well. I heard some real horror stories about that. As in FBI agents were watching it because they had to for legal reasons. They had to. And they went running out of the room, throwing up in office trash cans. That's how bad it is. Now, I don't know what's on that laptop. I have a 
pretty good indication, but I don't want to get anywhere near that thing. I know some private investigators that have copies of it, and they have reasons to have copies of it. I don't know anything about it. I don't want to know anything about it. But what's it going to take? What is it going to take? The the people that have spoken out, the whistleblowers that have spoken out within the Department of Justice have said, look, we know all this stuff. We have evidence of all this stuff. However, there are ramifications for releasing this and going public with it. And I'm not talking about the legal ramifications of it either. I'm not talking about that. Think about what you would do to the hundreds of millions of people around the world. Think about the psychological damage that would be done, the demoralization that would be done to these people that have idolized these uh, demigods, if you will, because that's what we've turned them into. Think about the consequences of doing that. It would ruin people's lives. You know, the, the celebrity watchers and, and everybody that uh, follows all of them and then they do all like they base their persona in life around these people as horrible as that is. I can't imagine an existence like that. But imagine what would happen to those people if they were to learn that somebody that they have idolized most of their lives and someone that they've built a lot of their character and a lot of and taken a lot of their inspiration around. Imagine what would happen to them if all of that were crushed in a day. John, remember in last episode or two, I, I said that feeling when you wake up and you and your skin turns white and your hair stands up and, and you feel that terrible fear and when you realize all that, that's pretty much it's a real terrifying feeling. And I, I mentioned, yeah, it's if you know enough what reality is really like. That there's a moment where you just, it's like, uh, it's like a headache of full of fear. This, the, the, the feeling is insane. It, it's, it's, it's something that I've never felt before since when you're like, wow, and you get terrified of reality of what, it, how dark it really is. And it's, 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 it's so hard to keep a ray of sunshine. And what John just said is, is incredibly difficult. It's so not nice. It's it's so, yeah, it's horribly sad to, to see millions and millions of people realize that their entire lives have been based on misunderstanding of what the individuals are really like and what's really going on. And it's cruel. But how else would you go? How would you go about it? And it would lead to blood. You know what I mean? Hypothetically, if a million people, millions of people found out that somebody is, you know, this kind of criminal, that kind of criminal, criminal, there would be mass riots. So what? So that's the dilemma. Do you not release all the information? Is it, is the process going on? Is there going to be a big all on trial that right in the middle before the crap seems to hit the fan, you know, FBI comes out and is like, hey, look, we have this whole separate investigation, actually, blah, blah, blah. Can they do it? Probably not. It is. It's it's very dangerous from multiple perspectives. As you said, you, you waking up population too quickly, giant bloody riots. Also, individually, the topics that we're talking about are real. This is a real show. It's scary out there. I felt, and I know I've risked my life multiple times before, and I feel like it's not going to stop. This is all real talk. And the people that we're speaking about are incredibly cruel and dangerous, and they have infinite resources. This this isn't very comfortable for me, at least. I know that. But what's the point of just living in this lie if, if, if you don't speak up? I can't go on without just talking about this stuff anymore, because if you don't Bring the truth. All you do is you just live in fear of it. And either way, you live in fear. You can live in fear with the truth, the reasonable fear, or you can live in fear with a lie. And and you feel safer, but you're still in fear. So 
is it a fear of yourself or is it the fear of somebody else that's really holding you? You know, it's it's tough. What can be done is a good question. It's going to happen. It's going to happen gradually. And it's either going to happen in a, in a way where the system gets a better hold of us or there's going to be a massive awakening. And I'm betting on the latter. I'm betting on, on the, the ladder. ladder. Yep. Yeah, I'm betting on the ladder. I, I still have I still have faith in humanity, albeit it's it's uh oh boy, it's uh it's it's walking a fine line, but albeit I still have faith in uh in people. Bruce, you have any final thoughts you'd like to portray? I, I honestly maybe maybe this is my religious upbringing that's that's coming in. Uh but I personally don't think we can have a complete um shall we say awakening that can fight this um evil unless those that are being awakened knows the truth all of it including the the, what we just talked about their favorite celebrity is uh actually a pedophile or or a rapist or whatever the case may be i'm of the opinion that no matter how painful the truth is i would much rather know the truth than be fed a lie so I, i i kind of feel from my my perspective anyway my worldview that even though it will bring pain in the moment for society to realize the truth, you have to know the truth to, to have a, an actual um, um, reset, if you will. A, a, yes. a good one, not this great reset. It brings uh, yeah. meaning to your life. Reality brings meaning to your life. It gives you a reason to live like, oh, all of a sudden life's real. How huh? this whole time it's been real. I didn't know. Well, here we go. And maybe religion and its good aspect is what will unite people that wake up. So they, when wake up and you feel, when you wake up and you feel that horrible fear, there is still God. When you feel alone, like the whole time you've been manipulated and nothing was really what it was, but God, God was always real. I will leave you gentlemen with this final thought. If all of this is a conspiracy theory, if all of this is, is just a, a bunch of hyperbolic talk and we don't know what we're talking about and there's been justice and Epstein's madam or whatever, she's doing jail time. If that's the case, where's the black book? Where's the names? Why didn't she name names? For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. If you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own, we would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. It's been a pleasure as always, gentlemen. Thank you both for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening. Bye.